Hi everyone and welcome to Training for Life Redeemed. I am here as always with my father, Dr. David Jackson, who <laughs> is going through the first letter that John wrote to our church in Colossae, Ephesus, the whole kind of region of churches. Uh, they're having splits, they're going through things, and we're going to find out how we actually know who's on the right side. So, Dad, when I read this section, it basically says that if I confess Jesus is the Christ who came in the flesh, that's all I've got to do. <laughs> <laughs> I know that might be a little bit out of context, yeah, <laughs> because we're following a theme and not yeah. <laughs> going through systematically, Yeah, but it does have that element in there of, you know, there's a lot of... Yeah, you have to believe that Jesus is the Christ, born of God. You have to confess stuff about him being, you know, Jesus, God in the flesh type stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that is what it says is like the mark of a true believer. Uh, and then obviously you go from there into yeah. the other bits that we talked about last week about loving your brother and loving it. Yeah. Uh, so can you help us out with this bit? Like if, if it talks about confessing Jesus is the Christ, is that all I'm going to do? Or, quite frankly, is there anything I have to do? Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> John is writing to a specific setting and a bunch of people where half the church has followed a bunch of false teachers, false prophets, and they've got into a big argument. I gather they've said a lot of cruel things because love is a big issue here uh, and hate and so on. Mm. Um, they've gone out from us because they're not of us. So these are not Christians. They're not born again. If they call themselves Christians, they're lying. Uh, John's very clear about that. But throughout the letter, he, he'll he give you a list of things, and they're the things that his opponents don't believe. And if if anything on that list you don't believe, then you're with them. You're not part of us. You're not a believer. Yeah. You're not in Christ. So the things that they we can pick out the things that they denied, but like that's Jesus being the Christ who came in the flesh. Yeah. So <laughs> Jesus being the Christ who came in the flesh. So that tells us that these people are Jewish to yeah. start. So the people who've left this church probably would not be Gentiles. Gentiles couldn't care less who the Christ is. That's a Jewish thing. Uh, the Christ is the anointed king in David's line who's going to rule Israel. Um, and in this context, in the late six, middle 60s, um, if you're fighting over who is the Christ, uh, over there in Palestine, in Israel, uh, Judea, Galilee, people are gearing up for a war with Rome to re-establish a Davidic kingdom. Mm. So there's lots of politics going on in the background of this, and you've got to get it straight. Are you looking for a Christ who is going to be uh, a military leader who will drive out the Romans, mm. or are you looking for a Christ? Are you looking for a Christ who's an angel who's going to drop out of heaven? Um, the Essenes over there in uh, Judea were chasing around with talk about two messiahs, a priest and a king that would suddenly <laughs> yeah. appear, um, and they had angels coming to rescue. They had a whole other plan. So, who is the Christ? If it isn't Jesus, then you're on the wrong side. Yeah. Now, who is Jesus? What's your problem with Jesus? Your problem with Jesus is that Jesus is God and Jesus is a man. And if that doesn't scramble your brain, yeah. you know, nothing just, will. Just add that he died as well. And, and yeah, <laughs> add that he died as well. So we've, we're all geared up. That, that brings us to one of the, the most difficult passages in John, actually. 
Um, we're all geared up for this big debate about who is Jesus and so on. So I think let's go to the, the, the toughest passage, I think, in the book is 1 John 5, 7 and 8. So water, you, blood water, and spirit. Water, blood and spirit, right? So you go there. What's this thing with the water and the blood are witnesses? So if you're expecting the Christ, you're expecting... Let's, let's go with the bad guys on the other side. You're expecting a Davidic king to turn up and be anointed. And if you're expecting God to turn up, he will lead the people to be consecrated, ready to meet God. So if you go back to Moses, um, when Yahweh appeared on the top of Mount Sinai, he told everybody to go home, spend three days getting clean, yep. have a bath, wash your clothes, don't make love to your wife. Yeah, you And then know? you can come to the fence. And then you can come to the fence and stand there. <laughs> don't touch the mountain. <laughs> this 80-year-old Moses is going to run up and down the hill seven times to come down and tell you, don't cross the fence Poor or boy. you're dead. 80 years old. Anyway, there's hope for us. Um, so here's our problem. We're going to get, you're looking for a Messiah who's going to be consecrated, ready to lead us before the presence of God. Consecration is a bath. Yep. Jesus had that bath to fulfill all righteousness. Now, that part of a Messiah these people could accept, not a problem. The bit they couldn't accept was him dying on a, a Messiah that dies on a cross. So you've got all these, the disciples struggled with it. Uh, you know, Peter immediately said, no, no, Lord, it's not going to happen. Get behind me, Satan. Um, they, they didn't process this until after Pentecost. Hmm. Uh, even though he'd died and he'd risen, they're still standing there saying, are you going to set up the kingdom now in Acts chapter 1? It takes a while to get the message through. This is a different kind of kingdom. This is a kingdom that is going to bring peace. Uh, we're not here to do all that other stuff. We're here to change people, uh, not political boundaries. So can you take a Christ who is human, who is God, who is consecrated, holy, and then who turns around and dies on a cross for you, rises again. If you don't believe in this Christ, you've got the wrong one. You've got an antichrist, a substitute Christ. Yeah. And in that case, you're going to hell. You can't go anywhere anywhere else except through Jesus. Yeah. Now, you can break that doctrine down into lots of other things, but if what you're believing about Jesus is not who he is, you might just take one of those things out. The rest will fall with it. Yeah. You can't have all of Jesus but not the God bit or all of Jesus but not the dying bit. It, it, it's a package. It's all or nothing. And so when we define our doctrine, <laughs> which is not a popular word, you do go to hell if what you believe is wrong. And that's... John is adamant you have to get it right. You have to know the truth uh, and believe the truth and not just make up your own wishful thinking. Yeah, um, but John's not giving us a list of this is all that's required. What he's actually saying is this will tell you if you're with the church or if you're one of the yeah. people in the group that are left. Yeah. In each, uh, in each generation, some element of the truth is going to be challenged. Yeah. And in each generation, we get tested in a different way. The first 400 years of the church, it was all about the Trinity. Yeah. You know, in the last 
part of the last 200 years, it's, is the Bible the Word of God? Uh, is the Bible true or is it myth or whatever? Yeah. Um, that's been a huge battle of the Bible thing. Um, we're now facing another generational challenge over things like gender yeah. uh, and sexuality and lifestyle. Meanwhile, we've got another battle. Is there such a thing as truth? Uh, each culture is going to throw something at us. In John's time, these were the questions. Yeah. In our time, and, and he, he leads us into this in chapter 4, when he says, don't believe everything, test the spirits. Uh, <laughs> and my, my first reaction was whiskey, scotch or brandy, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> test the spirits isn't about, you know, getting your ghostbuster kit out and checking on the ghost in the wall or you know reading some of those novels that i read a few years ago uh that tell stories about demons in your roof and all sorts of oogly googlies territorial demons he's not talking about that the word demon means breath uh spirit yeah breath breath. yeah spirit means breath demons a bit different i think yeah no sorry (laughs) So pneuma, we have pneumatic tyres, pneumatic drills. It's, they're done with air pressure. Yeah. He's talking about the wind, like the Holy Spirit. He moves like the wind. You won't see it. You'll just see the leaves move. Same thing happens in what I would call the spirit of the age. Yeah. The, you know, the, the winds of doctrine. Don't be blown around by it's every wind like of doctrine. Go over the tides and yeah. in a canoe and, without a paddle. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, Christians tend to be people who are nice, who don't confront, and we go with the flow. We don't realise that you live in a culture that communicates lies for fake truth, not by actually presenting their story or presenting their argument. They do it, um, what's the word? It's just subtly done through little things. We normalise, for example, homosexuality by putting homosexual couples in an ad. Hmm. We don't say anything. We don't advocate for it. They're just there. We take something that is biblical, a rainbow, and we turn that into a symbol for a whole other set of doctrine. Um, And when we go into our schools and, and we raise our kids, the world is building this framework around the way they're allowed to think. And it's not a conspiracy. It's just the wind of how the culture responds to different circumstances. Hmm. And when that happens, John is saying, test it. Take Take all your assumptions and your beliefs and your culture and put them on the table and ask, is this biblical? Is this of the character of God? Is it true? Yeah. And John does say a fair bit in here about going back to even, you know, the stuff that he has seen, you know, that these testimonies. And yeah. Stuff. He's like, it's what we've told you. It's what's come through us as like the kind of the apostles we're, bringing it. We're not making this stuff up. That's right. <laughs> and so, Dad, as we kind of bring this to the end, the purpose of 1 John is so that we may know that we have eternal life. 5.13, great verse. Nicely underlined there for me. <laughs> Can you just bring this all together for us yeah. by showing us how this really helps us as believers to know that we have eternal life? Okay. So John grounds our eternal life in Jesus. And he says, I was there, I saw, I heard, I touched. It happened. And I'm not the only witness. Hmm. 
he talks about we. We are bringing you this message because we were there, saw it, heard it, touched it. So this is history, um, and it's real. And if you want to argue, you know, why doesn't God come into the world and show us? He did. You missed it. There's the eyewitnesses. Read them. Yeah. So our grounding is Jesus, God in history, working to save his people. If I know that that is true, then I know I'm saved. But then I'm going to have some doubts because I'm going to do some stupid things. I'm going to find out that some of the stuff I believe was wrong. Yep. I'm a learner, and learning means, sorry, being wrong and being corrected. Um, so I go back to my little year seven student that looked me in the eye and said, but that's the way I spell it. <laughs> that's not how you react to Jesus. <laughs> I got it wrong. So in the last 10 years, this is the spirit of the age, going to students in class and saying, sorry, that's wrong. And the response isn't, oh, okay, what do I do to get it right? The response is, I'm confused. You can't tell me it's wrong. There's, there, there is no wrong. What do you mean wrong? It's, it's the way I do it. So we've got to come to this idea that I'm going to learn by correcting error hmm. in my thinking in what I believe, I'm going to check everything, test the spirits, and go back and say, oh, that was wrong. Yeah. I need to rethink that. <laughs> so that's the first thing. When I get things wrong, that might make me doubt whether I'm really a Christian. And that's particularly when it's doctrine about Jesus and stuff. Um, so John says, nah, nah, if you're learning and you're following Jesus and you get something wrong and you correct it, Test the spirits. You are obeying God. You're obeying him by believing the truth that he's revealed to you. Mm. That's obedience as well as learning. So doctrine. My lifestyle. Everybody knows you do something sinful and wicked, that creates doubts. Yeah. Am I a Christian? <clears throat> Can you be a Christian and? And sin. <laughs> and sin. <laughs> And John says, no, you can't. <laughs> and you go, well, I did. Does that mean I'm not saved? And John no, says, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Go back and confess your sin and he's faithful and just to forgive your sin. Let's get back on the horse and get going. Good for you for knowing that you sinned. <laughs> yeah, there's your, go and fix that. <laughs> you've just experienced something that reassures you that you really are a believer. You repented. Yeah. Unbelievers don't do that. No. So... You've gone back to Christ. You're always going back to Christ with your issues, back to the Bible, back to Jesus. Third thing, and this is, I, I think, a particularly interesting area. If you're a if you're a believer who, you know, wants to get their doctrine right, and is living an obedient life, it's really easy to be nasty to people who aren't <laughs> as good as you are. Um, and if there's an argument over doctrine or an argument over lifestyle. Um, we can be pretty nasty about that. We can be like the Pharisees, you know. I'm I'm not a sinner, like oh, yeah, over yeah. there. So he hits you with the love test. Are you going to love them, or are you just going to be better than they are? Uh, are you going to push them away because they're not as good as you? Now, there's three legs on the stool, and they're like three barometers. If one's you ever tried to level a three-legged <laughs> stool in carpentry? I'll take a little bit off that leg. Whoops, no, I need to take that one yeah. off. Turn uh, the table into a stool. Yeah, it ends up being a little you know, cutting board. Um, 
But that, that's what he's doing. He's saying, look at, look at your life. Those three things are the measure of how you feel about your assurance. They're not the measure of whether you're saved. Yeah. Uh, you're only not saved if one of those things is out the window. Um, so we've got to go back and say, I'm being built up in Christ, so those legs are getting stronger. I'm being built up in Christ because I'm being built on the foundation of who Jesus is and what he did. And I know about that because he's given me his words in writing and the Holy Spirit to help me get it right. And if I look around, there's a whole bunch of other people out there who can help me too. <laughs> um, there's, there's your assurance. The people who walk away from that, well, we're going to pray for them. Hmm. And the only time we're going to stop praying for them is? When they're dead or when I'm dead. When they're dead. <laughs> yeah. We stop praying for them. The prayer, you know, don't pray for the sin that is unto death. That means keep praying for them until they're dead. Well, Dad, that does bring us to the end of this episode, to the end of John, 1 John. Mm-hmm. If you would like to come and get the study notes for today's episode, please head over to trainingforliferedeem.com slash 97. Almost up to 100, Dad. Uh, <laughs> and that is it for this little series on the first letter of John. Uh, in fact, we've done all the letters of John now because we started we at the back and worked our way to the front. Yep. And we're going to take a little break over Christmas. <laughs> oh, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> Uh, so we hope you guys do hit the subscribe button. Make sure you get the study notes so you're getting our emails and stuff as well. That way you won't miss out when we come back again in January. Thank you so much for joining us for the year, for learning from God's words uh, and hopefully growing with us. And we wish you all the best for Christmas and New Year's. See you next year. <laughs>